This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers who keep us going. It really means the world to us. And uh, if you want to get some cool perks, join our Discord, etc., become a Patreon subscriber today. I throw a dollar at my Emmer Effer face. I'm not cursing anymore. See? No, I'll probably curse. All right. Also, uh, this podcast is brought to you, as always, by EmpiricalDesigns.net, where Nick will hook you up with any design work you need. And he designed our t-shirts, which are fucking awesome. Oh, my God, I cursed. Why did I break my rules, like, two seconds after I said them? Anyway, uh, we got a new coach. His name's Quinn. Supposedly, uh, I guess he's an okay guy. I tell a weird story about my almost non-existent uncle today that me and Greg fight about and he calls me a creep. Think you'll enjoy that. Other than that, let's get to the show. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, as always, in the flesh, but not really through the internet, Greg Kaplan. Say hello. I mean, I'm in the flesh somewhere. You truly are. I will be seeing you this weekend in Montreal, and if you want to follow us on Instagram at Bushwick Breakaway, there may be some live video going on. I don't know. I might not be in the flesh anymore after Montreal. That's very true. This week... 300 meters, Ryan. Let's not get into that. That's an inside joke no one needs to know. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll explain the inside joke in the, the over break, overtime breakaway. Sounds good to me. You want to know? You got to pay for it. Um, it's a strip club. <laughs> or I guess you don't. All right. This week, the Rangers hired a brand new coach, and his name is not Elaine Vigneault. It's a name that Ryan can't fuck up. It is Duvid Kwan. To be fair, they haven't David officially Quinn. hired him yet. They haven't officially hired him yet. They, they, they will. Like We're at a point now where it's, it's going to be David Quinn. Right, it is it is going to be David Quinn, and I guess let's go through the process of what the Rangers organization, well, what we think the Rangers organization was, was doing. First off, yeah. we we thought, both of us, that yeah. uh, Sheldon Keefe would be the optimal coach for the Rangers going forward. Now, we don't know what happened with that. Maybe that story comes out eventually. Maybe he was never a real candidate, but it certainly felt like he was for a little bit. Um, He was the most, If I, it's hard to say, he was the most logical candidate, but he really was because he he seemingly provided the Rangers everything they were looking for, which was a coach who could focus almost purely on developing the young roster that he has. And he has such a strong track record of developing young talent. Uh, and while he doesn't have NHL coaching experience, the Rangers made it perfectly clear that they were going to be happy hiring a coach with extensive experience, even if that experience fell outside of the NHL. The weird thing to me, and if we're being perfectly honest, we have been pushing Keefe since the jump, but it seems as though the Rangers were never more than lukewarm on him. But it did sound like the Rangers were going to interview him no matter what, which is why the Rangers, as we're recording this on May 21st, still have a coaching vacancy while every other team in the NHL currently has their positions filled. It seemed as though the Rangers were going to interview if not Keith at Keith at least one AHL coach and then something just changed and that, I think that's the fascinating part of it and to me I think the it feels like the thing that changed is the Rangers have always been smitten by Quinn ever since he came in for the pair of interviews um now it it might be that Jim Montgomery was actually the guy it sounds like it it sounds like Quinn turned down the Rangers initially and when that happened, Mon- they went to Montgomery, who jumped to D- Dallas. 
And then the Rangers came back to Quinn and upped their offer. So it, so it sounds you, like you, Quinn was always the guy. Quinn was – you think Quinn was always the guy? or Mon- it, I, I see – I feel part of it was like Montgomery was originally the target, and he said no because he looked at the situation, looked at the defense, was like, Mark Stahl to 2022. Uh, no thanks. I'll go with Jamie Benn and uh, name there, that, this I mean, there are, there, are philo- there are theories and philosophies as to why Montgomery decided to go to – Dallas instead of New York, it could simply be the fact that Dallas, uh, Texas has no state income tax. And I feel like that plays a larger role in some of these decisions than some of us are willing to admit, because if money is the same between Dallas and New York, or even if money is within a couple hundred thousand dollars a year between Texas and New York, the difference really isn't that much just because of how the tax brackets work and all that shit. Um, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. To me, it, it does not matter one bit who the Rangers preferred over Quinn or Montgomery. It, it could be they liked each equally. They offered Quinn first, then they offered Montgomery, then they offered Quinn again. It, it doesn't fucking matter. It, it almost feels like we're so quick to say, well, who are the guys the Rangers didn't get as opposed to just looking at the guy the Rangers actually got? I think I, from everything I heard about Keith, you know, I would have loved to have Keith. Just, just throw it out there. It, that's a pipe dream. It's gone now. It's in the past. I can't live there anymore. The the one thing I always felt was going to be a prohibitor to the Rangers making a serious offer to Sheldon Keefe was what was going to happen with Kyle Dubas. If if Dubas got the Toronto Maple Leafs GM job, which he did, I felt like there was a very plausible reason for Keefe not wanting to leave the Toronto organization because those two are, for the most part, locked at the hip. And Dubas is now the GM. I don't know if Dubas has said, look, when Babcock contract runs out, you're going to be the guy. So if you can just hang around a little longer, that Babcock contract got some years on it. So that definitely does. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. At the same time, you know, the Rangers weren't the only other team to have a coaching vacancy this year. And no one waited to interview Keith. So maybe there's maybe there's something else there that we're not thinking of. Maybe the skeletons in his closet are so, so prevalent that teams are just afraid to go down that road with him at the NHL level right now. That, that could be the case. Well, as you said, Montgomery went to Dallas, probably yep. like the situation there. They came back to Quinn, supposedly or reportedly, uh, rumor-wise, they offered him $4 million more million in an extra year. And that, that got the job done, got him away from BU, which was his dream job, and he will be coaching the New York Rangers, as all reports lead to. I can't wait till next week when we're like, actually, Quinn's not the coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, and before anyone reacts to the, ooh, why the Rangers have to pay him more? Simple. It's a negotiation, man. If David Quinn is very happy where he is, you have to blow him away to sign him. Four years, $8 million wasn't blowing him away. He doesn't have to. It's not his responsibility to accept the first offer that comes into him. It's called a negotiation. If he wanted more money in more years, he wasn't going to take the job unless he got it. And guess what? He got it. So I, I don't blame Quinn, and no one should blame Quinn one second for saying no to the original offer. That's that's ridiculous. Quinn wouldn't have taken the job if he didn't really want it. It just had to be the right term and the right price, and I don't blame anyone one bit for holding out for what they want. You should always hold out for what you want, but four years, uh, $8 million, that sounds good to Ryan. So if you wanted to give me that offer, I would have All taken right, well, it. Let's let's put this in terms we can relate to because millions of dollars is something that neither of us can relate to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say, Ryan, you love your job. You're making, let's call it. So we're lying. Okay. Right. 
uh, let's say you're working your dream job, whatever you think it is. Uh, you're locked in at, let's say, $95,000 a year. At my dream Just job. making up a number. Okay. At your dream job. You're locked in. You have like no life. worries of getting fired. You are doing exactly what you want to do. You have as much upward mobility as you want. You basically are your own boss, and you're making good money. Let's okay. say $95,000 a year. Sure. Another company comes in. A company you're intrigued by, but you're not exactly in love with. You've always pondered the idea of working for this company, but you don't know if it's the time is right. You're, again, just really happy where you are. And, and you're, you're, you're really a big man on campus there. Yeah, exactly. That company offers you $110,000. So a raise over your 95000 but maybe not a substantial raise. Would, would you jump just because it's, it's a raise? Or would you go back to them and say, I love my job. You're going to have to do better than that if you really want me to come. I think uh, Jalen Rose always said this the best. And I, I take these words to heart. It's not what you deserve. It's what you have the power to negotiate. And they knew, Quinn knew that he wanted, they wanted him. Like, it was pretty obvious. They obviously came to him first. So when they went on their coaching search and they couldn't find somebody else, and the guy they wanted instead of Quinn got went to Dallas, Quinn had the power to negotiate what he wanted. And he got it. And to get back to your point there, I think I'd end up staying at my original job for the, 10, the 10K less. Yeah, and again, Quinn... It's not unfair to say whatever Quinn was making at BU, I don't think he had any bills in his life that he was desperately trying to pay off, right? So if you're living in a lifestyle that doesn't involve a mortgage or bills, you're going to have to be really swayed to go somewhere else. Especially, again, David Quinn is a BU alum. He's from Rhode Island. He's in a perfect spot from what he considers to be a perfect spot. If you're going to move someone from a perfect spot, you're going to have to pay him handsomely. That's what the Rangers are doing. And there's no salary cap for a head coach, so what does it fucking matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. And it's James really. Dolan. James Dolan doesn't give a shit about paying coaches money. So let's. No, he doesn't. David Fisdale, what's up? Oh, never mind. I'm not gonna get into David Fisdale's Ms. life. Fizz, hello. What's up, Miss Fizz? That was bad. Anyway, um, let's talk about uh, Mr. Quinn himself. I sure. got the chance to search Mr. Quinn on YouTube, and mm. I originally found a pastor named David Quinn. And he, he was an Irish guy, and he was preaching the word of Christ. And I was like, oh, this is our coach. Interesting. Because uh, I, I typed in David Quinn, Boston University. Apparently, there might be someone there that's a little religious also. So I found actual Quinn afterwards. And let me tell you, that guy's a looker. What a jolly. He's, he's, uh, he's a handsome man. Yeah. And we should mention, perfect time to mention, Jake, Jake Reiser of Stanley Cup of Chowder uh, will be on the podcast later. I did an interview with him to get a little bit inside the life of Quinn to try and figure out how it all fix out. You, again, second time I do a coach interview and you're not here. Yeah, so, I, yeah, and this is going to be hard to believe. You're going to have to stick with me. I was, okay. wor- I was working. What? I know. I was working, uh, which was like, oh, and I couldn't stop because I had to do things. Unbelievable. I know. What an asshole. Yeah, it's a good interview, though. I'm going to listen and to I it when I edit it- this afterwards. For sure. And we learned that uh, Jake and I are long-lost brothers, seven years apart. What? You have a brother? Yep. Apparently. I think someone's I making know. an announcement outside my house, and that's kind of weird. Um, Welcome. Is, what the fuck? Can I tell a personal story that has no relevance to this whatsoever? Sure. We're not talking about a very important range of topics. So you know what? Perfect. I'll save it for uh, who the F. There you go. That that sounds more logical. That sounds more logical. Mr. Quinn is a very uh, good-looking guy. I got to listen to a, a, f- a couple of his post-game interviews because I wanted to get a feel. 
of what I was going to be listening to. He's less animated than I wanted him to be. Seems like a very stoic uh, guy. I read an article about how he runs a lot, and he runs in the BU gym. I don't know if you read that. No, it's just funny that you're calling him stoic because uh, Jake says he's very passionate. Okay. He, he Maybe in those post-game interviews, he was like, he was very composed and didn't really seem to jump around a lot. Maybe in, in the locker room and on the bench, he'll be screaming and yelling. And I kind of want that out of my coach, if I'm being honest. I don't really care how a coach interacts with the media, if I'm being quite honest. I don't, I don't care. I that we're being honest, Greg. Yeah, I, I just don't care how he talks with Rick Carpinello or Larry Brooks. Well, I, I definitely don't honest. care how he talks about Carpinello. Well, I don't think he's going to talk to Carpinello. I don't know what Carpinello knows. Shit. Uh, I, I do think it's funny. Can we talk about for a second how in a, in a five-hour stretch, Carpinello said um, rumors – of a deal being finalized with Quinn were premature. And then an hour later, Larry Brooks comes out saying, nah, it's basically done. And then three hours after that, Carp says, I guess it's actually done. He says, I guess that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's, that's basically how you can read it. Um, fuck that guy. Unbelievable. Anyway, Quinn, the thing Ranger fans should be most excited about from what I've understood guy knows how to develop talent. I, I think that, is very clear and once again says this coaching search and the whole reason Elaine Vigneault was fired was because management was worried about his ability to develop young talent. And they made that a priority. And I think, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not here to judge Jim Montgomery because I don't know a whole lot about him besides what I've read in various publications, but it sounds like the Rangers were more comfortable with Quinn as a player development coach they were just worried about Quinn ever accepting the job, which is why they looked elsewhere. Well, I think that's one of the reasons Quinn decided to come here. And, well, not, not, not just decided to come here, but take that fifth year and fight for it. Because by the third or fourth year, the Rangers might actually be pretty fucking good. But about, Yeah, and we've said this multiple times. By the second year, the Rangers could be good. By the first year, the Rangers could be good if they decide to be. It's... He's got the ability to communicate well with young players, and the Rangers have young players in spades right now. They got Pavel Buchnevich, who is itching for a coach to use him properly. Itching. Kevin Hayes, who is taking a leap in his career. Chris Kreider, still on the young side. Mika Zibanejad, still on the young side. Brady Shea. List goes on. Neil Pionk. I can, I, I'm not going to keep going. You fucking get it. You know what the Rangers Swedish roster is. Swedish world champions. You don't need me to read it. Mika and Lance uh, Anderson. The, this team wanted a guy who will take a young roster and mold it and help these players get better. And I think wh- whatever fears we have about David Quinn as a in-game coach and a X's and O's guy, which we, again, talk about with Jake and has been well-stated elsewhere, at the what end of the day... About? Wow, brag. I, well, I, look, I like to include you in my life. I appreciate it. Uh, at the end of the day, David Quinn's best asset is nurturing and developing young talent. And right now, with the Ranger, with the roster the Rangers have, I can't think of a more important quality to have in a head coach. I can't either. I, I'm interested to see where Quinn goes, uh, and and how soon I hate him. <laughs> uh, of of course, it's going to be the first year. I'll, I'll be in puppy love with Mr. Quinn. I will fall all over him. I'll be like, he's great. The team's doing great. I we're so ahead of the schedule, but the it's. It's really going to, and this sounds crazy, like I, it, the first time I'll really question Quinn will probably be in the playoffs. I mean, if, if he puts Pavel Buchnevich in his position to succeed, I'm automatically in love with him. That's it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard, Greg. 
No, and I, I think more than any other coach, I do think assistant coaches are going to be important for the Rangers. It's going to be interesting. And, and to is see this who. is where we're talking about Mr. Marty St. Louis? I think it's a little early for Marty, honestly. That's been I, the I rumor think, mill, as as you've heard. Yeah, but the people circulating that, first of all, it's not so much a rumor. Marty himself has come out and said he'd love to be a coach one day. I just, I don't know if you immediately throw someone with limited experience behind the bench on an NHL coaching staff. I, I just I'll pose it I'll pose it this way. Do you want Marty or do you want Lindy Ruff? Okay. Uh do I want a concussion or do I want to be in a coma? Is what <laughs> you could also ask me. Um, it's pretty similar. No, I, I just I think honestly I think it's unfair to Marty to immediately put him behind a bench like that. Especially on for with a coach who we just mentioned might be struggling with in game play management. Like it, it feels like a lot. Honestly, the guy I would love, and we've said we've mentioned his name before. I'd love to see what Scott Stevens is up to. I'd love to see if Scott Stevens would love an assistant job with the Rangers. I think he'd be a, he'd be a great fit. I'd, I'd check in on um, former Flames coach Glenn Galutzen, see what he's up to. He's a guy who I think was chased out of Calgary a little bit too quickly because they underperformed last year. But he's a he's a guy who has plenty of NHL experience and could greatly help someone like Quinn out in areas where Quinn is a little deficient. I I think Quinn understands where he needs to improve as a coach, and I think he's smart enough to surround himself with people that will do just that. And you know what? If he doesn't, then that would be the first red flag in the Quinn era. And we, we both know there will be red flags eventually, but... No I think coach gets out unscathed, unless you're Mickey no. Calloway, right? Uh, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still good with Mickey. I know, I know you are. No. The honeymoon period is – people say, oh, it's New York. There is no honeymoon period. There's always a honeymoon period, and it's going to be long. We're, we're going to have at least a year of just saying, well, at least it's not AV. Like when you have that to work against, I think David Quinn will be fine in his first year. I, I, I can't wait to see how he handles the lineup and maybe he does something special with it. I really I, – I, I want him to hold players accountable. I can't wait to see the players he's going to have to use in that lineup. The, that's the other thing. This is – the first piece to the puzzle. This offseason is going to be insane. The Rangers have so many options, both in the trade market, in the draft. There are so many variables left undefined by this New York Rangers team that we now know who will be behind the bench. We have no idea the players that he will be playing on a nightly basis are yet. We know Hank will be there. And I, I, I honestly can say Hank is the only player I will guarantee will be on the Rangers next season. Everyone, there are players. I think ninety nine percent sure they'll be there, but I can't say definitively they will. I think Kreider, after his performance and for what he is, I think he'll stick around. Uh, you would think, but at the same time, you can make the argument that stock's not going to get much higher than it is no, right now. No, it's pretty high right now, especially after the bronze medal game. By the way, shout out to Canada for not even meddling. Good for you, Canada. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for Canada not even meddling, and once again, Canada not getting to a Stanley Cup final. So, oh, good job, man. By now. Oh. Well, how do you feel about this whole Vegas thing? I, I think I think it's great. I think it's a it great doesn't bother story. Me. It doesn't really bother me either. I, I know I've seen a lot of uh, I've been on the lurking the Reddit hockey uh, threads a little bit, and everyone's like, you know, the Leafs haven't been since 1967. <laughs> uh, you know, Montreal and and uh, the Leafs haven't gone to a conference finals in blah 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 so many years, whatever. And, yeah, and Vegas in the first year just running amok. And I got to be honest with you, I, I want the Tampa Bay Lightning to win, right? They're, as we record right now, Tampa Bay Lightning are up 3-2 against the Capitals in the series. 
After the Capitals went up to, to a dominating start of 2-0, they pulled the full Capitals, and now they're down and facing elimination. I want Tampa Bay to win for selfish reasons, right? I want that pick to become a first-rounder. Sure. No, no doubt about it. But Vegas winning is a hilarious storyline. Like, just so fucking funny. And, and, and kind of a great start for that franchise. And by kind of a great, I mean the best possible outcome. It's, uh, it's amazing what a team can do with no worse than a league average defense and a top-notch goaltender. Because in the playoffs, again, how many times have we said all you need in the playoffs is a hot goalie and a good defense? And the Rangers have often had the hot goalie and just never the good defense. But Flurry's playing out of his mind. The, the Knights have defenders that are no worse than league average, and almost all of them are slightly above league average. And they're playing as a unit. And when you, do th- when you have a good coach like Gerard Gallant, you're going to have success in the playoffs. If once Mark Flurry's Andre out Flurry's of his mind, hot, dude. He's out of his Flurry's mind. out of his mind. And if Flurry's going to play out of his mind, all you have to do is score two goals a night and you're going to win. Yeah, and that team could do it. They really can. Yeah. And the, the stat out there, Mark andre Fleury has prevented 17 goals that the average goaltender wouldn't have in these playoffs so far. 17! They haven't played 17 games! Like, I, I have nothing good to say about Fleury other than he's been incredible. Like, He's been the best possible version of himself, which have gotten the, the Knights to a Stanley Cup Finals with relative ease, by the way, and against teams I thought were far superior than them. And I have a feeling they'll be favored in the Cup Finals. They're going to be favored. For, they're going to be favored because Vegas is trying to make money back off all those tickets they have from people saying uh, or taking the Knights to win the Stanley Cup at a hundred to one. Yeah. Vegas is going to get was, crushed. Was it a hundred to one, by the way? Uh, most tickets are 100 to 1. There are a couple of 500 to 1 tickets floating. Ooh, there's a 500 to 1 ticket? Yeah. Man, that feels good, every, huh? Every sports book in Vegas has at least one 100 to 1 ticket uh, outstanding at this time. Oh, of course. Every you're, single you're one. You're in Vegas and there's degenerates everywhere. And they all, well, at least a couple people bet that. Also, like, it, you're just... It, it's 100 to 1. And if you have money and you live in Vegas, why wouldn't you just throw $100 on it? It's a, it's a novelty bet, too. So you can kind of keep yeah. it like, hey, I was I was there for the first year of the Golden Knights. I bet them 100 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup Finals yeah, for $100. It's a story. It's yeah. a story. It's a good story. Good, good for all those gamblers. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm also a terrible gambler. So what are you going to do? So well, happy sports betting is legalized now, by the way. Yeah, we got to – well, that's going to be a problem in the future for us. Just, just throw it out there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the, the World Cup Finals? The World Cup. Finals. Sorry, not the World Cup Finals. The uh, the Hockey World Championships, whatever they're called. Nah, not really. Good job. I'm happy the I'm happy Rangers showed up and performed. Me too, Elias. I'm really happy that you didn't throw your medal this time. And I do like that you posted on Instagram. Not throwing this one. Pretty good move. I, I kind of wish you did throw it. If I'm being perfectly honest, that would be a fucking baller move. Honestly, <laughs> watch this. I'm throwing this one too. But would have been, been great. Would have been great. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on this week? Nothing really much other than the World Championships. Kreider performing. Mika and Leas getting their gold medals and, and showing showing them off. Probably DJing at night. Uh, Quinn becoming the head coach. And, and that's really about much it. Well, we should probably throw it to our Quinn interview, don't you think? Oh, I guess so. That's a good transition. And we're back. Or at least I am. Uh, I don't know why Ryan keeps missing out on the interviews where we bring people on to talk to us about head coaching possibilities. But... That's just what he does. Uh, so it's just Greg, and it's my buddy Jake Reiser, a fellow Westport, Connecticut alum, which is crazy to me. 
He is an editor for Stanley Cup of Chowder. He knows more about David Quinn than I ever will. Jake, say hello. Hey there. Glad to join you guys. Awesome, man. Probably Let's get right into it. Now. <laughs> yeah, well, Ryan, Ryan's hanging around. He's listening to this somewhere. It's fine. Uh, let's let's get right into it. The New York Rangers, sooner or later, probably not today because it's a little late, uh, but sometime probably this week we'll announce that the next head coach of the team is David Quinn, formerly of Boston University. He's going to sign a five-year, roughly $12.5 million contract to become Rangers head coach. Jake, you know more about Quinn than I do because you've seen him at Boston University. Your instant reaction to hearing he was signed to be Rangers head coach was what? Thrilled. Um, I covered him for two full seasons when I was an undergraduate at Boston University. I spent about two years weekly almost in meetings with him during the week talking about uh, BU's team, talking about what was going on with the squad, with the organization. So just knowing a lot about Quint in and of itself, I'm thrilled that the guy has the opportunity to make a name for himself at the NHL level. The number one thing that... I personally love from what I've heard about Quinn, because again, my knowledge of him before he entered the Rangers coaching search was limited at best. He seems to be a developmental coach. And for a rebuilding team like the Rangers, for however long this, they decide to have this rebuild last, that's something they desperately needed. What, what makes him so accomplished at developing young talent? The fact that he's so willing to get to know each and every one of his players, I think is astounding. On such a personal level, the connections that he makes, how he gets everyone to buy into his system because he can make a connection with each and every one of his guys and say, hey, I'm going to make you the best player that you can be. And we're all going to get into a system that works for us as a squad and we're going to win. It's something that's absolutely remarkable that you can take such different guys Guys like uh, Jordan Greenway at Boston University, a big guy, almost Rob Gronkowski-like, someone who is known to be a bully in front of the net and a great scorer, and became basically a father figure for him. He helped him on and off the ice really develop as a mature player uh, in his head, on the ice, in the weight room, in the locker room. He knows how to just get inside your head and not necessarily pull strings, but just how to push the right buttons and get you to be your very best. And one of the things that I've found interesting, there's, it's, it's New York. There's going to be backlash. There was going to be backlash regardless of who they hired, even if it was the second coming of Vince Lombardi, except this time in hockey form. The interesting backlash that I, I find maybe the most unfair is that Quinn's success in college is thanks to his ability to bring in players who were already exceptionally talented before they got to BU. The, Clinton, the Clayton Kellers of the world, the Brady Kachucks. At the same time, Shouldn't we be giving him credit for having the ability to recruit these guys in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be a huge testament to what the Rangers are able to do in free agency in the coming years, that he'll certainly be able to sit in on meetings with prospective free agents and just say the right things to hopefully get them to come to New York. Um, And yeah, you talk about guys like Brady Kachuk and Clayton Keller, but even though they had some faults coming into BU, Clayton Keller was not a great defensive guy. Uh, Quinn taught him to really lean on a stick a little bit more, um, how to necessarily evade defenders and just keep possession and make a lot smarter plays and not just hog the puck on a Gustav Nyquist-like shift. Brady Kachuk was kind of struggling at the beginning of last season. Coach Quinn challenged him and decided to give him power play time to see whether he could step up his game, and he absolutely did. Again, it's just about manipulating guys in the right way. And yeah, he has a really great prospect, Jack Eichel, 
um, is certainly one of the most notable names he had as a recruit at Boston University. But none of these guys were absolutely perfect, or they weren't necessarily fully developed. And so Quinn does a great job of just continuing that development even further. And staying on the the point, I just I'm trying to focus in on the negative things because I would love to just shoot them down as best we can. There's no coach that's perfect, and I, I refuse to believe that Ranger fans would have been happy with whoever they hired. Second thing that I've heard the most often from Ranger fans is, well, he's had all these talented teams. How come he didn't win more? And to me, I don't know, Jake, if you feel the same way, but to me, single elimination tournaments in the NCAA are the most fickle things in the entire planet. Jim Beheim, one of the greatest coaches in college basketball history, has one title to his name. Should Ranger fans panic that David Quinn was unable to win a title at BU? Absolutely not. The fact that it came to a very, very fluky play with his goaltender in the national championship game that cost him a title, that team, if uh, Matt O'Connor had made that save and held on to the puck, were well on their way to winning that game. Um, And even if you take a look at uh, this year when they made the tournament, um, they got the auto bid because they won Hockey East. And even still, they were the fourth seed in the Hockey East tournament, and no one thought that with how strong the competition was that they were going to make it. They steamrolled through. They won their first regional, and they were tied going into the third game of that regional. They far exceeded a lot of expectations from them from the midpoint of the season onward. Yeah, people will go inside at the beginning of the season. They were ranked number two nationally in the preseason. They were supposed to be so good because of all their prospects. But you never know how someone's going to look until they're on the ice. And that first half of the season, they went something like 8-11-3. They did pretty poorly, and they went into that winter break, and they regrouped, and they got their act together, and they just completely tore it off. So it's not to say that a national championship um, not on Quinn's record is indicative of how he's going to perform. It's looking at a season overall, looking at his cumulative career at BU and going, wow, he's had some great teams. They might not necessarily have won championships because, you're right, single elimination is extremely fluky. But, I mean, you've got teams that just succeed so much because of the way that he is. Is I, I, I'm not going to try and make this a one-to-one case, but I feel like people overlook the bean pot a little bit in Boston, too. That's one of the that, – it's not as important as an NCAA title, but it, I feel like what, whatever is – it's the second most important thing in the Boston Hockey College calendar, is it not? Oh, absolutely. I think – Every college kid, every Boston college hockey fan has the first two Mondays in February circled because of the bean pot every year. So the fact that BU has traditionally done pretty well in the bean pot, to me, makes me feel like David Quinn is capable of coaching up to the highest level in crunch time games. What's ironic about that is that he has the longest drought without a bean pot. And it just oh, well, happens for like four she- years. It happens to be four years because every other team has won the bean pot in between. So BC three years ago, um, Northeastern two or Harvard two years ago, Northeastern last year. They just kind of have rotated on and off for the last few years. Quinn still has made the finals in every single one of those bean pots. So as much as he lost those final games, the fact that he can coach against really tough competition on a magnified stage for the college hockey season in Boston. That's really your first look at, oh, God, I'm not sitting in a rink-eating 1,000-seat or 5,000-seat stadium with just students. We're in a 17,565-seat massive arena with fans from every which way. It's the first big stage these kids get onto. And the fact that even just in the um, 
qualifying round that they still perform on such a high level and make the final round is a testament to him. So BU is the early 90s Buffalo Bills. That's what you're telling me. I'm not feeling great about this. <laughs> At least in that regard. Uh, the, again, let's keep going down the list of knocks against David Quinn because I'm, I'm here to just put out fires wherever I can. The next thing I hear is he might not be the world's greatest X's and O's guy. How important will David Quinn's assistance be for him at the next level? Oh, I think they're going to be incredibly important. I think he's a good guy in terms of creating general systems for players to buy into. You're right. The X's and O's are definitely going to be a little bit of a struggle for him, as it will be for any head coach coming from college to um, the NHL. Look at Jim Montgomery. It's a different speed of the game. The NHL is a lot faster, a lot harder, a lot tighter. Quinn has some assistant coaching experience when he was under Joe Sacco, um, I believe in Colorado. But, I mean, the, the head coaching position is an entirely new level of shit thrown at you. So I think that he's going to certainly take a look at some guys close to him, maybe Albie O'Connell, uh, who's currently possibly in the running for the head coaching job at BU in his wake. Um, at least someone familiar to him to get him a little bit more comfortable on the bench. Then he'll certainly be willing to look outside the box. He'll be able to take a look at guys within different organizations, guys and juniors, and just kind of figure out the right guys to put together a great coaching staff. To you, what... Who is the player on the Rangers in your mind? I, I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here and challenge your knowledge of the Ranger roster. Is there a guy that stands out to you who might benefit the most from someone like David Quinn coming in? Oh, I don't even need to know much about the Rangers roster to make a good call about that. That's Kevin Shattenkirk. I love Kevin. I think he's been a really good defenseman over the last two years. He's good. He's leveled off, I feel like, in terms of play. Um, I feel bad for the Rangers that his injury caused them a lot of havoc on their blue line this season. But as one of the most highly regarded free agents of a few years ago, he doesn't seem to have lived up to a contract I feel like he played for. And so I think having a familiarity with Coach Quinn already, both being on the 2009 National Championship Terrier squad, I think that they'll reunite. Um, Quinn will bring out the best in Shattenkirk. It'll be a great reunion for the two of them. Another thing that seems to be a positive that I think will benefit the Rangers, Quinn doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to punish a player for making a bad play as long as it was out of aggression. Like if a player is, if a player is trying to help his team win and makes a mistake along the way, Quinn doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to punish someone for that. Whereas Elaine Vigneault, it got to a point where if a Ranger made a mistake, that Ranger player knew in the back of their mind their playing time might be compromised because of it. It's, do you think that's a, a mentality in and of itself that will help this Ranger team be just better next year, flat out? I think so. And I think that's also a little bit more of an in-between than you might think. There are times that Quinn has stapled players to a bench, but it's more so out of like you're taking five penalties a game and you're becoming a liability on the ice. But it's also that he'll have his hand on your shoulder and he'll be like, all right, watch this play. He's there to nurture you and show you how to do things the right way. He's not going to staple you to the bench unnecessarily and be like, all right, I've got to focus on the other 11 forwards and six defensemen that are actually playing well tonight. You're just done for the night. He'll be over. He'll communicate with you. He'll be like, all right, what did you think of this? Take a look at this play. Watch what's coming up right now. And he'll make sure that you're learning the right things. And so you might feel punished because you might not be on the ice but you still feel like you're involved as much as possible and that he's there to nurture your performance. As a general hockey fan, obviously there are some BU um, biases that are about to come and play here. 
Did you feel David Quinn was the best available coach on the market? Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough answer because it all depends on what you're looking for. And I think for what the Rangers were looking for, I know it came down to Quinn and Sheldon Keith. I think that Quinn certainly fits the mold. Um, I know that Keith has a lot more experience as a head coach with the Marlies and within the Toronto organization, but I think that uh, whatever's going on in Toronto, they're pretty scared of losing him. I think that Quinn certainly brings the right type of mentality to it. Sure, there are other head coaches out there who might bring a different style, but I don't think they necessarily fit the mold of what the Rangers were looking for this hiring uh, process. And it's another thing, I, I know for sure we're going to talk about this on the podcast before we bring you on for the interview. Uh, spoiler alert, we always like to record the interviews first, and people, they, they get it. They understand. They're our fans. Anyway, um, the report today is that the Rangers had to up their offer to Quinn in order to get him to make the jump from BU. To me, that just says David Quinn really liked his job at Boston University. Ranger fans shouldn't be reading more into that, should they? No, they shouldn't be reading into Quinn didn't want to go to the NHL. Quinn has such a fabulous job that he loves to death. Being able to recruit young kids and mold them into the stars of the future. The fact that he had a cushy job and a place where he's really comfortable, a place he's called his home, the fact that he's a Boston University alum himself and a Rhode Island native. Uh, just He had so much creature comfort there. The fact that he has recruits coming in, relying on him being there. I'm sure it was an extremely tough decision for him to make, but... I'm glad that the Rangers ended up sweetening the deal and get, uh, getting Quinn the opportunity to shine on the biggest stage. Are you more, as a non-Ranger fan, uh, are you more afraid of the Rangers long-term with David Quinn behind the bench than you would have been had either Elaine Vino stayed or the Rangers gone with someone like Jim Montgomery or Sheldon Keefe? Yeah, I'm pr- honestly pretty worried now uh, coming from a non-Rangers fan perspective. I think that um, if Quinn and Jeff Gordon can get on the same page and bring in the types of players that they both want to see, I think that the chemistry is going to click. Not necessarily within the next year. I think it's really fast for a rebuild. And you take a look at, um, I look at my homegrown Boston Bruins and the fact that I feel like it was a bit of an anomaly that all of a sudden they kind of cleared house and went with their young guns and it clicked so well. But I think that with the right types of players, with both the GM and the head coach on the same page, I think that those two are going to work really well together, Gorton and Quinn. It's going to be really tough and really fun watching the Rangers in the next few years. Are you angry that Charlie McAvoy is basically going to be a New York Ranger soon now? <laughs> I think Charlie loves it in Boston, and I hope he stays for as long as he can. But um, I think that the relationship that he and Quinn have is certainly great. I know that uh, Jack Eichel, Daniel Regan, and Evan Rodriguez, all now within the Buffalo Sabres organization, have a group chat with Quinn that I believe was active as recently as the end of this last regular season. So I think the fact that he maintains connections with players so well is going to do him really, really well in the coming months as far as the offseason. Wow. Jack Eichel to the Rangers confirmed. That's some big news on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any good Quinn stories, ones you're willing to share that won't get you or anyone in trouble? Or even better, ones that will get you or anyone in trouble? Um, not, nothing necessarily specific, but I think it's been an interesting observation that anytime you're uh, sitting in a press conference with him or you're sitting in a meeting with him, you know exactly how he's feeling. He's a guy that will 100% wear his heart on his sleeve. If he was mad at however the officiating went, he knows not to make a comment about the uh, the referees in and of itself, but you can tell based on his comments whether they're 
sarcastic or whether they're critical or whether he's so excited and so proud of his guys for doing something great that he really wears his heart on his sleeve. There was a running thing where I might not necessarily have been in a press conference. I just text one of the other beat writers, hey, how is Quinn today? Oh, Quinn was mad. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sure he has every reason to be because of X, Y, Z. So Rangers fans are going to be really happy that when Quinn talks, you know exactly what he's feeling. Uh, Beats the crap out of what we used to get out of Elaine Vino. So you're not worried at all about Quinn handling the New York media. Obviously, it's not like Boston's a walk in the park either. Boston is certainly not a walk in the park, especially compared to New York. Um, I think that he can handle the pressure. I think that the right type of head coach for um, the New York media is someone who's willing to work with them, someone who's willing to give, not necessarily give them what they want, but someone who's willing to give them the right types of quotes, the right types of emotional responses, and not just kind of be a hermit. I think that he's going to certainly have to learn to deal with guys within the New York media, but I think that he at least has a leg up based on his personality. Ah, music to my ears. It's just, it's nice to be excited about a new coach. I think, I think people are getting so caught in the lines between what we're actually talking about that they're forgetting this is the Rangers going in a different direction. To me, I just love the fact that the Rangers thought outside the box. They could have easily gotten a retread, someone that's been in the NHL before, someone that has a track record. Instead, they're trying something different. I don't understand why people are so beat up about it. I know. I mean, you could certainly have done a retread. You could have gone a Willie Desjardins, or you could have poached someone from an assistant coaching spot somewhere else. But as a NCAA to NHL coaching pipeline certainly has had success. You take a look at Philadelphia with uh, Dave Haxtell. He came over and it hasn't necessarily been perfect, but the fact that he's gotten them into the playoffs and made them very good contenders over the last few seasons, it does great. Um, even just the Boston University connection in and of itself within the NHL coaching rotation. Uh, New Jersey's John Hines is a Boston University alum. Pittsburgh's Mike Sullivan is a Boston University alum. Just the name seems to do well as an NHL head coach. Uh, Jack Capuano, before he uh, departed the New York Islanders, had Boston University connections. It's a great feeder school for a lot of different positions within the league. I've already heard one comparison. Uh, people know who it came from, that Quinn is a bit of a Mike Sullivan clone. Is there any truth to that, or is that someone just saying they both went to BU? No, I definitely see it in the way that they're going to be able to coach their players. They're going to be fiery on the bench. They're going to be passionate. They know how to bring the best out of their guys. They don't get complacent in the fact that if a line combination isn't working or someone isn't producing the way they want, he's going to move them around and try and find a place for them where everyone is clicking in the right way. He knows how to manipulate his teams the way he wants. I think that the Sullivan and Quinn comparison is actually pretty legit. Yeah. That, dis- that disappoints me just a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, give me the – to, to basically put a bow on this, give me the number one reason why Ranger fans should be over the moon about David Quinn coming to New York. Because he's going to embrace whatever's thrown at him. Um, as a head coach at college, you have to embrace whatever's thrown at you, and you get into a lot of crazy situations with guys who are 18, 19, who haven't necessarily developed. Here he has guys who are veterans, who are pros of the game, who know that it's all about hockey. And so the fact that he has guys who are willing to buy into a system no matter what, he's going to enjoy a lot of success in the coming future. Is there any reason why a Ranger fan should be hesitant or not excited about Quinn coming? Just be wary about his assistant coaching hires. If he has guys that aren't necessarily great X's and O's guys or good power play specialists in their own right, 
I think it might be tough to kind of watch in at least the first few weeks, a few months with growing pains, but the right hires, it can be overcome. Uh, is Sherwood Diner the best diner there is in America? Oh, uh, 100%. I was just up in Westport a few weeks ago for um, a doctor's appointment, and the first stop is to Sherwood Diner to go get some breakfast. Man, all day breakfast, those milkshakes are insane. I don't know about you. Oh, I don't know if the nightlife changed when we were in Westport. There was nothing to do. If we weren't at Compo, we were at the Sherwood Diner. Amen. Still hasn't changed to this day. Jake, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Plug your stuff, man. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Stanley Cup of Chowder at Cup of Chowder on Twitter. You can also find us on our own podcast at Unsupervised, spelled U-N-S-O-U-P-E-R-V-I-S-E-D. Uh, we're doing podcasting there. We're slowing it down now because we're hitting the off season, but uh, keep up with us in the coming months as we put out a lot more podcasts, and I'll have as many pieces up as I can on Cup of Chowder. Uh, any any good feature stories coming up on Nick Holden that Ranger fans really want to know about? I think we're going to have a really good segment on this week's podcast, actually, about uh, Nick Holden and the way that everyone in free agency and the trade deadline panned out. How Nick? Give me give us a spoiler. Uh, give us your feelings on Nick Holden. Pretty apathetic. He wasn't in a lineup. As, <laughs> thank God he wasn't in a lineup terribly. Uh, he scored a goal, which is great. But, I mean, we definitely saw some of the same things where he went, oh, God, Nick Holden, really? We saw some of that, too. I can't believe you're besmirching the Rangers' former number one pairing defenseman like that. Unbelievable, Jake. <laughs> Jake, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for the Quinn insight. Uh, we'll be sure to talk to you in the future if something Quinn-related happens that we need uh, someone smarter than us to talk about it with. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we're back. Great time on the interview, Greg. Yeah, you crushed it. I you didn't a... mispronounce his name once. Nope. And I remember that time I was like, thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got two five-star reviews this week because somehow this segment won't die. Not that I care. Like, I love that you guys give us these five-star reviews and ask us stuff. It means, like, the world to us. And, uh, you know, another quick plug, our Patreon is going crazy. Uh, and, uh, and it's been, the support has been, uh, I can't even put it to words and we're going to do, start doing board meetings for our, for our investors and our stockholders. So that'll be fun, but let's do some five-star reviews. we got two of them this week. This is a five-star review. It says by your number two fan, number one was taken. See, I now quick question. Like who is number one fan? I, I look, I'm not picking favorites among my kids. Yeah. I can't do that. Not doing it. I can't do it. Drew. Not doing it. Drew, I would say Drew, but now he's like part of us he's um, not really a fan he's not really a fan he's like part of us um uh here's a question one of the my favorite things to do is listen to i can't read one of my favorite things to listen to on my free time the momcast was amazing we should talk about the momcast we will so. in a second since you guys are always doing five-star questions here's a top-notch five-star question for you whose mom is cooler love the oh, podcast no. oh no well how do we define and this is I, like i thought about this question because i've seen this question it was posted on uh May 16th. I thought about this question too. And like, if we're defining coolness, it's your mom. It's my mom. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. my mom. My mom's because a, my mom's a dad. One, bitch. She doesn't give a fuck. No, she's, she's and awesome. that means she's a cool mom. Yeah. My mom gives too many. Your fucks. mom cares a lot. And I'm not saying your mom's not cool. She is. Uh, and I think your mom's a bad bitch too. <laughs> from the story. I, I, yeah. Like if, if, Whose mom would I want to have? Because I know that I'm almost never getting in trouble and I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's Kathy Mead. Oh, yeah. My mom Peggy, is, she's great. Peggy, Peggy Kaplan uh, is beating the crap out of me if I ever have a party like the sizes you do. 
No, yeah. I mean, I, I have 70 people come to my birthday party. It's going to be ridiculous. Maybe uh, only 69. I'm still Oh, you're still in the... I did that on purpose. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, I think I think my mom would be cooler. It's, and we're not saying that Greg's mom's not cool. Just my mom's down. She's down for whatever. She's down to clown. She's down to clown. I always like doing this weird... Going, we're, these... we're sadly going to... I mean, sadly. We're going to Nashville, unfortunately. Oh, you're not going to Nashville. I'm not? You're, 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 are you? I thought you couldn't go to Nashville. Well, I couldn't go to Nashville that one weekend. Oh, okay. So we're definitely going to Nashville. Then. <laughs> I so, didn't know that was the only weekend we were going to Nashville. No, so we'll talk about this off air, but supposedly the rumor is like it's near Nashville. It's not Nashville. Well, is it driving distance? Uh, well, we'll talk. We'll chit chat. But Alpha, right. Alpha or whatever his name is, the giraffe, We, uh, one of us, I will definitely be going. You may be going to see Alpha the giraffe. Which Before the next five-star question, uh, I feel like we should recap MomCast because oh, that okay. thing blew up. Yeah, so never had as much uh, feedback for any podcast as we had for MomCast, easily. It was the most successful podcast we've done. I, I'm i just embarrassed to say the next podcast we do, we shouldn't even be on it. It should just be Peg and Kathy. Uh, yeah, I would I would love that, that cast. But the, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't the biggest numbers-wise, but it was the most Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast of all time. Like, bar Could've none. Could have been topped. Yeah, been topped. It, it was, someone said it was the pinnacle episode. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good word for it. Yeah. So now we have the time. I'm not saying we're the reason why David Quinn finally decided to become Rangers head coach, but at the same time, he wasn't willing to come to New York until Momcast, Momcast happened. Out. I'm not just saying. So now we have the top three episodes of Bullshit Breakaway of all time. We have Momcast, the question, the question, and Hamstring. Those are the yeah. three episodes. I would. I would say that's the holy triumphant. Those are the three. Um. And uh, let's go to our next. Uh, do we want to, anything more about Momcast? I mean, it was fucking crazy, honestly. the The fact that it happened, and the way your mom came on and didn't know what was happening, and like never talked to me before. I, I listened back to it like twice because it's just so funny. Um, and, and her being like, "Okay, is this journalism?" <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I fucking <laughs> lost it. Uh, that that should really be the slogan of our podcast. Is this, Richard's breakaway. Is, is this, this journalism? journalism? Yeah, because that's how I feel like it. It, it is. Too I feel it. like I feel like my mom wanted to come on that podcast and try and justify spending thousands of dollars to send me to college. And to that get was a degree that was another this. part. She was like, "You would, Greg. You would write have accomplished a lot." And I was like. Counterpoint, have we? <laughs> <laughs> then she's, she she's paused. like, yeah, you do the sports thing and you got jobs. So I was like, yeah, we do have those. <laughs> we did the bare minimum. Yeah. We're, not, we're not living at home. So that's, uh, that's a thing. Yeah, there you go. Um, so now let's do the second question. It's from Big E73. That's a good nickname. Huh. It's a, it what, now, do you think he's born in 1973? Was that his he or she, number? He or she, he or she. You're right. You're right. You're right. 2018, 2018. Were, were they born in 1973? Was that their number? It's probably their sports number, if I had to guess. Okay. So we're saying offensive linemen? No. Well, they're, uh, they're a relief pitcher. You think a relief pitcher is born in 73? The only thing I could think of is a hockey player or an offensive lineman. That's probably true. Uh, the, the comment is, great podcast, five stars. A little late on the five-star questions. It's never too late. Somehow we keep doing this segment. Uh, a little later, the five-star questions of the week, but here's one more with the Rangers in a rebuild. What do you think the Rangers should do with the farm system coaching staff and player-wise to best be helping the young players they have? I, I, I think they should mimic what they're doing in New York. Get someone that is going to emphasize development and, and not worry about... I think they sort of have done that already with Drury. Well, I, Chris Drury, I love as um, Hartford's GM, and I, I do think he's being groomed. 
a little bit to, to one day take over uh, the big boy chair in New York. Uh, I, I've heard we've heard mixed things about um, McCambridge being the head coach in Hartford. He's definitely better than the guy they had before, but we don't know exactly if he's the most perfect of fits. But yeah, I, I just I think the philosophy should be the exact same as it should be in New York, and it's give the young kids playing time, get these kids ready for uh, any kind of fresh look that they might be getting in New York. It it should be it should be open competition for young guys, and I wouldn't play any AHL veteran or someone like Matt Bolesky above the third line. I, I just think your first the most minutes should be going to the players that might actually one day serve a purpose in New York. There are AHL teams that are out there competing strictly for the Calder Cup, and you have some guys like Sheldon Kiefer are able to mold both deep cup runs and player development. The Rangers should just be focused on player development. I, I honestly do not care about wins and losses. I care about individual performances down in Hartford. Couldn't say it better myself. Want to go over to who the F is Blue Shirts Breakaway? Sure, because I think you have a story. I do. So I, I, I'm going to use my platform as, as Blue Shirts Breakaway to tell this story because it's been bugging me a lot, okay? Okay. Uh, both my parents, including my mom, who is, is part of my parentage, uh, who was on the podcast last week, are adopted. Okay. Okay. And I, a couple years ago, did the 23andMe test. Oh, boy. Now, stick with me. Mm-hmm. You on 23andMe, uh, if, if you don't know what that is, it's a DNA test where you could find out your ancestry and if you have any, like, rare diseases and whatever, something like that. They're like, don't trust us, whatever. But they do, they do have a great job of finding relatives. Both my parents are adopted, so... I thought it would be interesting to to get that uh, get that done, and I got it as a gift from one of my girlfriends at the time. One of my girlfriends, my singular girlfriend at the time. Sorry. Um, and it, I waited around; nothing really happened. You signed on. I got like my ancestry. Turns out, guess what, Greg? I'm white. But what? Uh, I know. Unbelievable. I know, but I was like twenty percent Italian, which makes no sense. Okay. Um. So you get all these, these lists of ancestors nearby, and it's like I had cousins. Like, a bunch of third to fifth cousins. They're not really family. Like, they are family, but they're, like, your DNA uh, uh, percentage for being related to them is, like, less or, like, around 1%. Like, a ridiculously low amount. All of a sudden, one day, it's like, a, it's like you have new DNA relatives. I'm like, mm. uh, okay. So I go and check it, and there it is. It's staring me right in the face. It says, and I won't say his name, your uncle has joined 23 Me. Your biological uncle. So Uh-oh. I'm logically freaking out right like shit both my parents are adopted this guy's my uncle he has no idea i exist i have to message him and right below that is my cousin and her name uh i'll just say their first names doesn't matter uh doug and chloe so chloe's i'm like shit so i messaged both of them chloe gets back to me like immediately like i'm like this is fucking awesome i'm like hey my name's ryan like you're my cousin this is crazy i have no family it's just my mom and i that's it and then chloe doesn't respond to me for another nine months well that sounds weird (laughs) um yeah so this, this story come, gets weird, uh, even more weird in a second, but it's almost done. You so, got Chloe pregnant. No, I'm, I don't know how old Chloe is. Um, I've never met her. She responded one more time, and I was like, I'd really like to get in touch. I'd love to talk to your dad. So I did a deep dive in the internet of who her dad was. His name's, oh, boy. His name's Douglas. I will post a picture on my Twitter tomorrow of, of the only picture I have of Douglas. Douglas looks very much like I do um, in, a, in, a, in a resounding way. So, and I, Douglas is also uh, a CEO of some company. So he's uh, well off, let's say. So I found out where Douglas works. And recently I, I emailed him and I sent him a bunch of messages. And I just want to talk to the guy for 10 minutes. Like, I don't, 
I just want to be like, hey, did you know you have a brother or a sister out there and you maybe never knew this? And also, I'm your nephew? Isn't that weird? Can we talk about that? Uh, mm-hmm. So I called up his company. Uh-oh. Uh, and, and they picked up and they were like, hello, uh, blah, blah, blah company. And I was like, hi, this is Ryan. Uh, is Douglas there? They're like, no, uh, he's actually busy right now. Who, can I ask who's calling? I was like, yeah, it's his nephew. <laughs> oh, jeez. So they're like, oh, his nephew. Like, if I, of course he's here. I'll, I'll get him on the phone right away. And I, and I was like, uh, so this is when I like got a conscious for a second and the guy, and, and I wasn't just said like, I wasn't going to say anything. If he would have just put me through, it would have been fine. But he's like, oh, if I say your name, well, will he know who you are? And I was like, well, not exactly. So he was this like, this feels like a very awkward conversation and you're coming off a bit like a stalker, but keep going on. That's fine. That's fine. I just want to talk to my uncle. I don't think that's that sure. weird. Sure. No, it's very weird, but keep going. You're well, fine. You, you talk to me afterwards. I'm going to finish this right now. So the guy's like, uh, what do you mean? I was like, well, so long story short, I'm his nephew, but he doesn't know uh, I'm his nephew. And I've been trying to get in touch with him uh, for, for over a year and a half now. I just want to, like, reach out and say hello. I just want to talk to him for 10 minutes. I'm not looking for anything. I just want to, like, touch base. That's it. Uh, the guy was like, okay, you know how weird this is, right? And I was like, yes, I'm aware how weird this is. This is not normal. I'm, I'm a random guy to know where to be like, hey, I'm your blood relative, like a serious one, so we should talk. And, and if you're on my mom's side, I'd love you to talk to her. Uh, and he was like, well, listen, I can't give you his voicemail, but I'm going to write this down. And I guess I'll go ahead and put in, and send him this email. That's kind of weird, but I'll let you know. And I've never heard back from Douglas at all. There's no way, as a guy who used to answer phones at a place of business, there's no way he took down one bit of your information. There's no way, right? None. Because okay. you you're a fucking stalker, dude. This is a weird story. Is it weird? Yeah, it's fucking weird, Why Ryan. Why is it weird? Because you called a complete stranger to be like, am I your nephew? No, I mean, I, biologically I am his nephew. Biological, a website says so, yeah. That's correct. And I just, yeah. I just want, I'm not, I'm just going to be like, what do you do? Just wait the rest of your life? I'm like, well, I had an uncle, it's whatever, I shouldn't reach out to him. No! What, what do you do? You don't reach out to him. You just not sit a, there not and a, like, look. Well, how many, all right, all right, give me a number. How many times did you email or message this guy? Before you called them, well, like wait, any, throw a number out there, like three, maybe, over a year, <clears throat> over a year and a half. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like he doesn't want to get to know you very much. Well, his daughter responded not, to me twice, and I like, okay, and, and we think her his daughter is guesstimate. I know he's forty-seven because I did a deep Google search. That's so, fucking weird. So the daughter is probably she's probably like anywhere teenager? between sixteen and twenty-two. Okay, uh, so in other words, she's a girl who's grown up on the internet and probably responds to a lot of strangers. Yes, probably. Yeah, yeah, okay. But she's my first um, so cousin, probably, too. You think? According to a website that took my according, DNA. According to DNA, a website, yes. right. Basically, MySpace this guy out of the blue and claimed to be his nephew. Right, but I just want to talk for like 10 minutes. It's not like I'm asking him, like, let's sit yeah, down. No, it has and... to be a two-way street, though, bro. I know, but I just want to be like... Uh, do you know? You call this fucking place of business. <laughs> I did call this place. What else am I supposed to do? I only, if he wants to talk to you, he'd respond to one of your other three messages. You I, don't only, I don't have his email or anything. I just sent a message on the website. Right. It sounds like you could have found his email if you wanted it. I mean, I probably could have, but I thought yeah, maybe like sending a call would be easier. No. What do you mean it would have been easy? Oh, my God. I feel so bad for that guy. Who I feel picked up the bad. Phone he, probably didn't, yeah. he probably didn't no, even I'm know. Team, I'm team Douglas. You're fucking weird, man. Okay. I, well, you, crossed, well, you crossed the line. There was a line and you crossed it. There's another poll for this week. Is Ryan weird? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. 
Well, it, it is Ryan weird in this context? If the answer you're 100%. is one hundred percent, who why does am I this? The weird guy. I I want to talk. To, I have no family. Both my parents are adopted. I found a chance that my biological uncle is alive and living. And Ryan, I, I, Ryan, I got news for you. Family's overrated, man. I, I you don't have to tell me. It's, I know <laughs> that best. <laughs> you want to know? You want to know the, how many uncles I talk to on a yearly basis? Absolutely zero. Zero. Yeah, I and mean, my, my, my adopted uncles, I don't talk to Thanksgiving. Never. The last time I saw an uncle, three, four Thanksgivings ago, and I got, I have, I don't, I have nothing. What, what, what about, what, what, what about, what am I going to tell my uncle? What, what do we have to talk about? Uh, how about that football? It's a football. We're footballing. There's definitely football happening. Like. I'm sure there are people that have very close relationships with uncles and aunts and all that good stuff and cousins. I don't know, man. Live your fucking life. How, how's your life been before you knew you had this uncle, Douglas? My life is great, and you know that. Yeah, so who gives a shit? <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you need Douglas to fill a void that you don't even need to fill? I just, I'm just very curious, and I'm, I'm, as I, you know, I don't really have a filter. Nobody should be that curious. Nobody? Oh, Nobody. I, I no, cannot wait to put this to a poll. Is stalker. My mom you searched for her family for years, and then like all of a sudden, this popped up, and we were like, "Holy I, shit!" Maybe let your mom look then. Uh, she's like, she doesn't know how to use the internet like I do. Uh, Ryan, no one should know how to use the internet like you do. <laughs> Not if you're just gonna randomly call businesses and be like, "It's your nephew," aka you don't know me, aka let's have a relationship. I just wanted to talk for ten minutes. That's it. I. I not only would I have not taken that phone call, I probably would have called the cops and had them trace that phone number. Call the cops? Yeah, I, I don't I think don't it's know. that weird. I, it's fucking weird. Okay. I don't. It is fucking weird. I think we're going to agree to disagree here, but I appreciate that you're on the other side. I am 100% Team Douglas. <laughs> I, I could not be more Team Douglas. Man, this we, is... We've had two weird episodes in a row now. I can't believe you know you know you should have just put him on the fucking podcast and had this conversation. You want to call that right would have now? been less weird. You want to call, call the business no, right now? I'll, no, I'll keep I it do on. not. I do not. <laughs> I'm like, it's, I it's do. Ryan, his nephew. And I'd be like, do not put his Douglas on the phone. Tell that guy to change his name and get a new job. <sighs> okay, listen. Well, I don't plan on reaching out to him ever again. In case you're wondering. Unbelievable. I'm hoping that I get a response back on 23andMe eventually. You will not. You right. you could. <laughs> He's he's like changed his DNA test results to be like I don't even know, I don't know. Twenty three and me sounds fucking weird, man. I don't know why anyone would want to do that. I'm not that curious about my heritage. I my parents say I'm Russian and Irish. I believe them. I was curious because both my parents were adopted. That's why. I and I got it as a gift. I didn't pay for it. Mm. So there you go. Nah, I'm good. Some things I don't need to know. All right. Well, I mean, we're gonna put that poll up. So there you go. <laughs> team Douglas or Team Ryan? I could not be more Team Douglas. I just don't think it's that weird to reach out to somebody and be like, listen, I just want to talk to you for like 10 minutes about how. It's not that weird to reach out to someone. It's that weird to reach out to someone for a fourth time and basically bombard their office with a phone call. It was all, it's not like I did it all in one week. It was over a two year period, pretty much. I, I, I think you got to take a hint and just not do it. I think there's an important lesson this week to be learned about males taking hints when they should need to take a hint. Okay, that was deep and dark. <laughs> like, really fucking dark. But I'm definitely not that guy. Uh, we, Douglas doesn't know that. Douglas doesn't know that I'm not that guy. You're right. But I'm, I'm, I'm never like, I've the, uh, and I, I broke my rule, okay? I broke my cardinal rule of dating, which, yeah. is, which is the three text rule. If right. I, if, if, you, if, Douglas, if Douglas was an attractive girl that you were. If, if Douglas um, was someone I was, I was trying to court, 
professionally, and I had the three-text rule. After the third text, you're no longer allowed to send another text. It's over. You're the creepy guy if you do it. So you became the creepy guy, except for a 47-year-old male who's a CEO who doesn't or does want to know over that he has a nephew in this world. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Did we I've, Have we talked enough about David Quinn on this podcast? We no, have, right? We have, yes. Or we will talk about him constantly for the rest of the summer so we don't need to do it all in one podcast. Yeah, and I'm sorry for, for using this as a weird soapbox, but I'm glad we had this conversation. I I don't know if I am. I mean, I'm I'm happy someone could be here to tell you that you're fucking crazy. Uh, I, I don't know why it has to be. I cannot wait to spend week. the weekend with you. <laughs> I cannot wait. Can we... I, I don't know. Well, you're gonna run into you're gonna run into someone in Montreal and be like cousin, and it's just not gonna make it. That's anymore. not what is happening. At it all. sounds like that's basically what's happening. No, what's, the reach- what's the difference? What do you mean? I'm not. What's gonna, the difference? Within what randomly walking to a stranger and saying, "Are you my cousin?" Then having yeah. like some DNA proof. It sounds like that's what you're doing There's with a poor big Douglas difference. here. There's a big difference. He's a poor guy. So. Obviously, he's a CEO. I, I think the difference <laughs> here is that Douglas. I, I, I don't see a difference. I'm not even going to go into it. I'm too tired to explain. I just NPR, if you're listening, <laughs> help me out. No, um, NPR, if you're listening. All right. Now, we're never talking about this again, but I appreciate you. I'm talking about it on a weekly basis. What are you talking about? It's Douglas Update 2007. Yeah, there are two things the rest of the summer I will be talking about. David Quinn and his coaching style and Douglas. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's enough for this week's episode, huh? Yeah, I don't have. I don't want to have a who the f is Bishop's break. That's fine. That was that enough. Uh, next week's episode will be a doozy. I don't think. I don't think there will be a guest. If I had to guess, uh, um, no, it's gonna be. It's probably going to be one of our shortest episodes in. We will be recording a year. on Memorial Day after I have driven back from Montreal to Long Island. So, whew. yeah, you're in. And you're I, in. You're I, in. You're I, in I'm I, sure no. It was nice that the Rangers hired their coach this week and didn't wait until next week. Yeah, that's really nice of them. So it'll be a shorter episode from us. I would expect, like, maybe our shortest episode in years. So, uh, but don't worry. We'll make it up to you. We always do. Speaking of making it up to you, we should talk about our new Patreon perk. Oh, yeah. So we're going to start doing uh, stockholder slash investor meetings. We're going to do once a month. We're going to have a Discord channel where we're going to have an hour-long stockholder meeting where we're going to take questions. We're going to take uh, we're going to talk about plans for the future and what we're doing. And we're going to give you the full breakdown of what's going on, you know, on, on the back of the scenes there, behind the scenes rather. And uh, if you guys want to throw ideas at us or like something you want to see, you know, you guys are investors. You guys are part of this. You're a part of the team and you should be, you know, involved for what's going on. So we're going to start doing that. And that is for our $5 level. $5 and up. Yep. If you, again, if you're a $1, you're in the discord. You're talking with us, but if you're in the five dollar, you're in our. You're in the other you're in the stock meetings. You're in the stock. You're you're in the boardroom. You're is the what boardroom. they say. All right, great. Biz. Thanks for uh, having that conversation with me. I'm going to put this to a vote tomorrow, or you are rather. And yeah, please word it carefully, like not as Ryan a weirdo, because then it's 100 percent yes. No, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say which team are you on? I'm gonna do Team Ryan or Team Douglas. That's the easiest way to do it. You're right. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm gonna and then I'm also gonna do a second tweet that says, if you're Team Ryan, never ever contact us because I don't want anyone to fucking do that to me. <laughs> you're insane. Yeah, okay, well, just one last thing. If you got a phone call and it was like you're older now and you got a phone call that just says, Hi Greg, just so you know, like this is gonna sound weird, but I I I am pretty sure I'm your nephew, and I know that's weird, but I wanted to reach out to you. You'd be like, you just hang up. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You want to know how, why I would know I would hang up? One, because I have one. I have two sisters, so it has to come from one of two people, right? Okay, all right. Two, 
I would know if my oldest sister has a kid and I will be a part of that kid's life. And three, I will know if my other sister has a kid and I will refuse to come make contact with that kid ever. Okay, fine, fine. End of this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Butcher's Break. If you want to follow us for the weekend at Montreal, uh, we're probably going to be doing taking some pictures and doing some stories and maybe a live show from Montreal on Butcher's Breakaway Instagram. Maybe some really inappropriate stuff. So stay tuned. Maybe. Uh, uh, probably. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to my weird Douglas story. Fucking weird, man. <laughs> Bye. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small? Or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Equal housing lender.